Hi, I'm Payne Nelson, and you're listening to the Sports Corner Podcast. Listen to us live on Tuesdays from 7.30 to 8 p.m. or on Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. on WFMP.org or 88.7 FM in the Mid-Hudson Valley. This is the only radio station endorsed by Stephen Colbert, WFMP, The Edge. It's time for your weekly sports update with your hosts, Peyton Nelson, Zach Tokash, and Adam Koblick. This is the Sports Corner. Play ball! WFMP The Edge, good evening and welcome to Sports Corner on this, it says lovely on the sheet. It's definitely not lovely. It, there is a hurricane going on. On this lovely, in your hearts, maybe, Tuesday evening, I am Payne Ellison, joined by Jacob Sampson. Uh, we have a lot to get into, and that starts with the new Pots Athletics update, because we have some great news in that report, don't we, Jacob? I would certainly say so, Payton. So, you know, why don't we get with our new Pots Athletic update for the week? And to kick it off, you know, one of the staples, it seems like it's been of the season, men's soccer. So the New Paul's men's soccer team right now is 12-4. and four. That's 6-1 and one in the SUNYAC Conference. They went 1-1 and one this past week, and they secure a second seed and a bye. They will host Oswego or Oneonta, depending upon, you know, their final seeding, in the semifinals this week. I'm sorry, next week. Next week, that is. Women's soccer, they're currently sitting at 6-5-2, and 4-2-1 in the SUNYAC Conference, and they just went 1-0-1 to clinch the number four seed. They're going to host Fredonia State on Saturday in the first round, where the winners will go on to play Geneseo next week. Uh, correction, they're 7-5-3, and 5-2-2. All right, my apologies, my apologies. 7-5-3, and then sorry it was... Five, two, and two. Five, two, and two. Women's volleyball, they're currently sitting at 11 and 11, six and three in the Sudiac Conference, and they will also play Fredonia State in the first round of their conference on Saturday. Field hockey, they're currently sitting at 11 and two, four and 0 in the Sudiac Conference, and they're ranked number 19 right now. They clinched the number one seed in the Sudiac Conference, and they're going to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Equestrian, they've become the reserve champions at the Sanitary event. While center back Katie Bakikio was named the SUNYAC Presto Sports Women Defensive Athlete of the Week. Ryan Dowling was named an Athlete of the Week. Both were New Pulse Athletes of the Week. Now let's get into a little upcoming events for this week. And on Tuesday, so I guess we're going to start a little before then. It's going to be men's soccer at Russell Sage at 7 p.m. On Wednesday, we're going to have women's volleyball versus Vassar. That's going to be at the Hawk Center at 7 p.m. On Thursday, we have field hockey versus Oneonta at the North Turf Field at 3 p.m. That's a rescheduled game that was supposed to be initially played today on this lovely Tuesday. (laughs) Friday, we're going to have women's volleyball at the Skidmore Classic at Bard at 5 p.m. And on Saturday, we got a slew of games. We have cross-country at the SUNYAC Championships in Cortland, which time is to be announced. Men's and women's swimming seasonal debut is going to be at Cortland, Cortland's Pumpkin Relays at 1 p.m. Number four, women's so- number four seed women's soccer versus number five seed Fredonia at the Surth- South Turf Field, 1 p.m. for the SUNYAC playoffs. Women's volleyball will be at Skidmore Classic, which is going to be Union slash Skidmore, 1 p.m. and then again at 3 p.m. And to wrap it all up, we're going to have field hockey versus Vassar, 1.30 p.m. at the North North Turf Field. Wow, can't speak today. And that's all going to be on Saturday. Now, if you're looking for more New Pulse information, for more information on New Pulse Sports, follow us on Instagram at New Pulse Hawks, Twitter at NPHawks, or head over to NPHawks.com. All right. Well, Jacob, thank you for that update once again. Before we move on, 
for some reason, I'm finding myself very invested in New Paul Sports this semester. Not that I'm not invested in other semesters. Obviously, um, I did basketball play-by-play. Hopefully, I can do it again. Hopefully, you can do that as well. Um, so, yeah, I have been uh, invested, but not as much as I've been invested this year. And maybe that's because, uh, you know, we both work for the department. But even events that I'm not working in, it's like, this is fun. Every single team is in the playoffs. They're playing well, or really well, in terms of men's soccer and field hockey. And, well, here we are. We have a chance at a couple, a few championships um, on the mantle for New Paltz. Um, so speaking of championships, the Nets and Lakers, the two finals betting favorites to start the year, they're both struggling. Uh, the Lakers are 1-2. and two. And the Nets are two and two to start the year, and the Nets two and two has been overshadowed by one Doc Rivers doing Doc Rivers things in Philadelphia. That's how they got that win. And James Harden, who has not started off the season well, I believe when I looked at the stats yesterday, he was he didn't have a good uh, field goal percentage. I know that he scored like fifteen on. 40% shooting. And one of the biggest things about James Harden right now is that he is not getting to free, free throw line often. And that's because they changed the rule where you basically can't draw fouls at will, whim anymore. Um, so before the season started, I heard a lot of talk that Seth Curry was going to be affected, that Trey Young was going to be affected. And I have looked at Trey Young's numbers at all so far and that James Harden was going to be affected I don't know how anyone thought that Steph Curry was going to be affected Steph Curry Steph Curry is a guy that no matter what the situation is to, he could be trouble teamed he'll drain a three on you James Harden one of, that was my biggest worry was James Harden before you know Kyrie did start doing his thing and we'll talk about that a little bit uh, what happened at the Barclays Center but, yeah, just one of the things that I was worried about coming into the season for Net was how is James Harden going to be affected by this? And so far, it's not looking well. Now, granted, he's the greatest scorer of all-time, fouls or not. So I think at some point, he's going to he's going to come back and be James Harden. But right now, it's looking like a concern. What, what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, so if I'll be completely honest, I'm not too concerned. We're three, four games into the season already. Uh, I forget if I mentioned it last week, but LeBron hasn't won a season opener since 2017. That just uh, didn't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, LeBron has, has not had a, oh, won an opener since 2017 or 2017-2018. Russell Westbrook, also notorious for starting his seasons out slow. Um, Nets chemistry, I mean, just with a bunch of different roster moves with the Kyrie situation going on, James Harden's also notorious for, however you want to word it, sometimes not showing up at the beginning of season in tip-top shape. And that's personally just what it seems like to me, is just, we're at the beginning of the season, all of the kinks are getting worked out of the systems. James Harden just, I think he's he's easily going to bounce back, it's... He has not played with these new rules, so he's getting acclimated to it. And he he just kind of seems a bit sluggish out there to me. He just doesn't seem like he's getting up and down the court as quickly. He just doesn't seem there's as much hustle. But, I mean, hey, we're four games in an 82-game... Well, supposed to be an 82-game season. And so... I'm not too worried, but I, I think all the pieces are going to fall into place. But it, it certainly is something to to take note of. Like I said before, I wasn't too fond of the Lakers, especially with Russell Westbrook. But as you said, he started the season off slow a lot. Um, he started slow last year with Washington. He start, started off slow in this year with the Rockets. He's been on much more teams than I realized in the past few years. That's, that's wild. <laughs> Um, 
It's just that... Here's the thing about the Nets that just... And really about the NBA that just doesn't sit well with me. Is that the regular season doesn't seem to matter at all. Like, I get regular season is sort of that preparation for the playoffs. But when you don't take it seriously at all... That's the problem with me because, number one, that should be that time that you are preparing for for the playoffs. And number two, you're robbing the fans of a great product on the court. So, Steve Nash, a couple of week, a couple of weeks, a couple of days ago, said that this was the time that the Nets were going to use to experiment with rotations and stuff like that which somehow leads to Bruce Brown getting zero minutes in the first two games. But anyway, um, yeah, that's the Lakers. They're struggling. Uh, Jacob feels like they're going to, well, feels like they're going to <laughs> get back in shape. But, um, yeah. yeah. I'm not too worried overall. I think that's that's really the, the key at the end of the day is that we're – we're four games in. All coaches are going to be trying to, to work out new systems, work out new players, and also take on these situations as they come to them. And Brooklyn right now, seeing, I, I don't know when, if we're going to get into it on air or in the podcast, but uh, Brooklyn has a lot going on, ranging from their roster to their stadium. We we can say that for the extended play. All right. <laughs> Yeah, tune in more for the extended play if you're curious hearing our take on that situation. Uh, Speaking of New York basketball stadiums, let's talk about the Knicks real quick. Uh, They started off, well, they they won the first two games. I know they lost the the third game against, well, I'm about to say the Magic. It was the Magic. It was the Magic. I'm just lost. This is baseball time for me. This is where um, postseason baseball takes over everything. Uh, anyway, so they're two and one start the season. Yep. Okay, they're two and one to start the season, and after their home opener, which by the way has been one of, if not the best game of the season so far, um, double overtime win against Celtics. Uh, Mike Breen double bang to start the season. Um, there's this account called Side Talk, which is basically uh, this sort of urban talk show account. Where it's like one minute videos of urban New York. And Knicks fans are excited. Granted, they're always excited. But they are really excited. Um, Let's just say that. Uh, And if there was a clean version anywhere, I would play it on the air. But there is a clean version. And this dump button cannot handle the capacities for that video. So we're not going to play it. What I will say is this. Knicks fans have a great fan base, um, and that is why they're always going to be relevant, even in the years where it looked like nothing was going to happen, um, especially, you know, the years where James Dolan had the biggest influence and Phil Jackson did nothing for three years. Uh, but good Lord, Knicks fans take something and just run with it. The amount of times I've heard ping bong in the last few weeks <laughs> is insane. Because this camp is, of course, you know, blue and orange uh, colors, blue and orange New York Knicks. Uh, maybe there's a correlation there. There's a lot of Knicks fans on this campus. Good Lord. Um, and I perfectly understand that the Knicks are going to run New York City for a while. And that is why... I'm I'm literally just speaking off the top right now. That's why I think this is the next year that they have to do something. They have to win the championship because next year I have this very strange feeling that the Knicks are finally going to figure out and become that team. And they're going to take all the shine at that point. I think that's definitely an interesting take because I – I don't have such bold predictions for the Knicks, I must admit. Um, That's fair. I think I think the Knicks will... They're definitely going to move up in the East, I think, as they progress, assuming they can keep their talent and expand upon it, hopefully. I could definitely see them capping maybe around the 3-4 seed, which is a 
large improvement from what I had to watch growing up. But I don't know. I think I think the Nets are going to have I would agree with you that this this season is monumental for the Nets. This really needs to be the time that they capitalize on what they have and kind of make the name for themselves because there is a disparity in New York between Knicks and Nets fans because I feel I feel that a lot of the passion does ride with the Knicks. There is this sort of mentality of bleeding blue and orange. And I think if the Nets really want to kind of, you know, compete, as you said, with this this young, grimy, gritty New York Knicks team, then they need to mark themselves out now. They can no longer just be, you know, the Brooklyn team. They gotta They gotta establish themselves, which... Have they done in the NBA? Yes. Have they done it in New York? I don't know. No. They have not. Um, I would, yeah, I would agree. And when, and when you see a video like the one that has made SciTalk Cy famous, they were always famous, but now they're like viral famous. Yeah. Where Where is that for Nets? That, that, that has to be, there has to be like a Nets fan video. Of that, and not the one that we saw this weekend. Again, we'll get into that later. <laughs> Jacob's like, oh, Lord. um. So, really quick before I move into uh, the PSA break, the Jets are bad. They're really, really bad. Zach Wilson is now hurt. He hasn't played well all season. Uh, they're one in six. Um. Yeah, Jacob. Uh, what's the prognostic? What's the prognostics on New York football right now? Uh, so I'll be honest. Now that basketball started, it's it's kind of been mostly basketball. Okay, yeah. There, there's been football here back and forth, but you know when it comes down to the Jets, what expectation was like th- th- this season for the Jets is living up to my expectations. If I have to admit, the Jets have not proven to me that they are capable of much and this just kind of seems it the best way I could put it is this just seems like kind of like the climax of the meme that is the Jets season with like some of the memeiest events I hate to use that word but I mean Zach Wilson after everything got injured after all this he got injured and you know what this would be fine if the Jets came into the season with a good plan they did not come into the season with a good plan. No backup quarterback, no replacement for the past specialist that unfortunately passed away in California. No sort of plan. That's why this season is just bad for Jets, and that is why Mike Greenberg said it best. The Jets aren't a bad team. They were bad ideas. But, um, yeah. Um, we have, like, 20 seconds left. You got anything else you want to say? Uh... Jets, just why? Why? <laughs> uh, we'll be talking more about some apparently bad football teams after the break, as well as the World Series, which starts in 15 minutes. Uh, so, you're listening to Sports Corner. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to WFMP. You're listening to the Sports Corner podcast. Listen to the show live on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. or on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. This is WFMP 88.7 FM, The Edge. Welcome back to Sports Corner. I am Payne Nelson, joined by Jacob Sampson. Um, so, the old rejoin I can find, so... This is a song we're playing as we enter. Uh, but anyway, so we left off talking about a bad football team in the New York Jets. They're 1-6. Uh, the Giants came away with the victory. Um, what, what, why are the dates just going haywire in my head? Uh, they won on Sunday. That's what I'm trying to say. Against the Carolina Panthers, who uh, we'll talk about in the pick segment, but they're not looking so great. Say, more specifically, Sam Darnold's not looking so great. Um, but another team that currently has a losing record is the Kansas City Chiefs. 
And they have not looked great, especially this past week or this past weekend where they lost against the Tennessee Titans 27-3. And Patrick Mahomes really didn't look that great, thankfully for my fantasy team, I guess, because I faced Patrick Mahomes and he only scored seven points. But that's not what we're talking about right now. Um, so the main question right now is, what is wrong with the Chiefs? Because Patrick Mahomes has been the worst stretch of his career. Tyreek Hill does not look like the elite wideout wide uh, we know Tyreek Hill to be. And Travis... Eh, well, can you really blame Travis Kelsey? And their defense is atrocious. Like, awful. Like, the New Paltz could put together a football team today with 11 random... Defensive players, and they will be a better defensive line than the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Um, so that's a big story because this was a team that supposedly year in and year out was supposed to be this team that is unstoppable, and right now they're looking very stoppable and very bad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pose this question to Jacob: What is wrong with the Kansas City Chiefs? And Patrick Mahomes, what do they need to do to fix it before this season goes completely haywire on them? Honestly, I think it's it's less on the Chiefs and it's more on the rest of the league. I think that Patrick Mahomes came in and <clears throat> excuse me, Patrick Mahomes came in and he he changed how a lot of people saw football being played. It was this new wave of quarterbacks and this powerful arm and just this deep, deep threat that seemed utterly unstoppable because their offense was just was too much. It seems like the rest of the league has kind of caught up and just figured out as, as long as we eliminate the deep threat, then we can mostly eliminate Mahomes. I mean, that's, that's where you... The Chiefs get most of their downs. It's where they get most of their yardage. It's where they get most of their points. And as you said, Tyreek Hill just hasn't been able to get there. They've just... Teams have been clamping them down. But there is something to say about, you know, like I'm looking at the stat line for, you know, Tennessee. Gotta love to see it against the Chiefs. Four sacks allowed. Four sacks allowed. And I feel like I'm, I'm not watching every Chiefs game... But I'm always seeing highlights of Mahomes hitting the ground now. So so what you're saying is the rest of the league has caught up to the Chiefs. I think they just kind of figured out a way to... Uh, I don't know if they've so much caught up in the sense of talent. I think it's, it's without a doubt that the Chiefs are still one of the most talented teams. But the system is no longer as effective. That, that, is, that is fully fair. Um... And it's up to the Chiefs to figure out, okay, how do we fix this and return back to being this elite team that we're expected to be? Um, by the way, Tennessee is 5-2, and two, and they're in conversations to be uh, winners of the AFC. <laughs> Look, I really wish we had a team as Holocaust because Jacob's face right now would be beautiful television. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're five and two. They're in the conversation for the AFC um, championship. Maybe they move on to the Super Bowl. Uh, the Bills, who they also beat thirty four to thirty one, are also in the conversation. Um, so yeah, football. A lot of football is happening. Um, AFC is wide open. AFC kind of wide open at this point with the Chiefs doing whatever. Uh, and we'll get to uh, the Chiefs next week because uh, they are on Monday Night Football and they face the New York Giants. By the way, Payne and Eli are back. So Eli will be commentating a game with his former team. So that's going to be fun. Just one last thing about the Jets. I completely forgot about this, mentioning it in the last segment. The Patriots beat them 54-13. to And I'm and I'm almost positive it was like 21 to nothing before the end of the first quarter. So, yeah, the Jets are bad. They're really, really bad.
they're not fun to watch. Uh, they're not going to be fun to watch. Um, so yeah, New York football, even with the Giants win, is still very, very bad. Uh, we have two more minutes left, and something that just came to my mind. What's his name? Mike Tomlin, the Steelers coach, w- was rumored to be in consideration for the U. University of South Carolina, South Carolina, South California job. And his press conference, he pretty much denied it. So, Jacob, as a Steelers fan, if, let's say, let's say he's lying about not taking the job. What are your thoughts about Tomlin leaving the Steelers? I mean, Tomlin has been our coach for a really long time. And Big Ben has been our quarterback for a really long time. And for the first time in a long time, it doesn't seem like we're great or good or competent. So, you know, I appreciate all the work you've done, Mike. Mr. Tomlin, if you're listening, I appreciate it. But you know what? Maybe it is a new... Maybe it is time for you to go. Maybe it is time to to try out some new ventures. You've been here for a long time. We've appreciate all you've done. But if you don't have a personal hand in removing Big Ben from the roster next year, then don't bother coming back. <laughs> that that was um unnecessarily passionate. <laughs> that maybe a little bit harsh. Maybe you know, Mike Tomlin's a, a good coach. Like he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong. So, so what you're saying is, no matter what, the, uh, I guess, no matter what the seals do, you, you're fine with him taking that USC job. Eh, for better, or for worse, as long as like the Steelers don't, and no pun intended, but as long as we don't fumble the ball on this one, just just get a competent coach, Tomlin. You you are a good coach. I appreciate all you've done. But maybe it's just time for changing of the guard. And with that, um, on that Steelers note, um, that is all we have for the Sports Corner. Thank you for listening. If you're listening on WFMP.org, up next. No, wait, that's the other one. What's wrong with me? Uh, if you're listening to, if you listen right now, stay tuned in the Culture Reports. If you listen to the morning edition, keep listening. We're still on the air. For Jacob Sampson, I'm Payne Nelson. We will talk to you tomorrow morning. You're listening to WFMP 88.7 FM, The Edge. You're listening to the Sports Corner Podcast. Listen to the show live on Tuesdays at 7.30 p.m. or on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. This is WFMP 88.7 FM, The Edge. Good afternoon and welcome to Sports Corner Extended Play. Uh, this is our third time recording this. So, if this is why we're just off to a laughing start right now. Anyway, NFL. we're in our NFL pick segment. Jacob is 59-32. I am 53-38. I picked the Chiefs. He picked the Science. That was the only pick we went against each other. Jacob won because he is great at picking football, apparently. So, and this is mainly because uh, at this point we've done this three times and I feel like doing it ever again. Let's get right into it. So we start with Green Bay in Arizona. Um, one of the best Thursday night football games in the last few years. Um, so uh, I'm going to start with Jacob. Who do you got? All right. So we're going to keep this one short and brief. <laughs> I'm taking the Cardinals. I think that they have proven that, you know, they're able to get a win without any excuses that they are just a good football team, as J.J. Watt would say. They're they are just a really good football team. I think that, will they be undefeated this season? No. Can their first loss come to the Packers? Yeah, that's that's likely. Maybe not the most likely, but I certainly can see it happening. Regardless, I think the Cardinals are a great team. I think they're defying a lot of expectations and I want to see him succeed so I'm going to take the Cardinals you know I like your argument and I like that you're using J.J. Watt as the example but I think this is the week where uh, the Cardinals take their first loss uh, 
I just like the way the Packers have played. Um, Aaron Rodgers has looked like the man. And this is going to be a test for Kyle Murray because uh, this is one of those games against an elite quarterback and a and why am I about to say elite defense? But but a decent defense, I would say. Um, in the Green Bay Packers. So it's going to be a test for Kyle Murray. And don't get me wrong, it's gonna be a close game, but I think this is the game where the Cardinals take the first loss and the Green Bay Packers uh will take the win. So we move on to Sunday afternoon with the Carolina Panthers. And the Atlanta Falcons. Now I have the Panthers. Because even with the Panthers' recent struggles, they have lost four straight. Sam Darnold has not looked great. Did that rhyme? <laughs> Imagine if that rhymed. Um, but yeah, I, I, I have the Panthers. Uh, the Falcons, they're just... Even with the win against Miami, which... What is wrong with them, by the way? Um, I just... The Panthers are a better team. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to. I keep choosing the Panthers every week, and they keep ending up in the loss column for me. That being said, the Panthers are still better than Swiss cheese defense, and yeah, I really think it's it's. The Panthers have no reason that they should win this game, based off of their skill. I would say. It's more just because, in my opinion, the Falcons are that bad. So we're taking Panthers. That that is that's fully fair. By the way, the Falcons are three and three. Have that happen? Wait, I. They're they're three and three. Who who have they gotten their victories against? I don't know, but the three, the Jets, the Dolphins. The Jets, the Dolphins, and the Giants. Okay. Of course, of course, it's those three teams. Okay, you know what? I I take back my surprised reaction. You know what? That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're 3-3, three and three, but the three wins are against the two New York football teams and uh, the Dolphins, who uh, we'll get into a little bit later, but they're just not looking so great. Um, a team that's looking very good, the Tennessee Titans. They go on to <clears throat> they go to Indianapolis to face the Colts. Jacob, who do you got? I am taking... Back-to-back weeks, we're taking the Titans. Little Derrick Henry. That's really it for me, honestly. I'm just a big Derrick Henry fan. <laughs> you know what? Me and, me and you both. That that That's the perfect way to pick. Uh, the Dreadlock King, Derrick Henry. Exactly. Uh, and, yeah, I'm picking the Titans, too. The Colts, um, even with their win against the 49ers, which, by the way, that's one of those games where I literally plan to watch it Went on to do other things in my life. Completely forgot about the game. I, I couldn't even tell you the score. That's how I ended up being about that Sunday night football game. Um, This is probably an easy pick, but it, there's really there really has to be something said about what is wrong with this team, and that is the Miami Dolphins. They're going up against the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, I'm picking the Bills. Jacob, who are you picking? Bills Mafia. What is wrong with the Dolphins? Where do you want to start? Where wherever it took them from eleven and five last year to now looking like one of the worst teams in football. I mean, exactly. We could start with the offense. We could start with the defense. We could we could start with coaching. I don't know much about management, but I could take a stab at that because it just doesn't seem to be going well. Okay. Now there's a real kicker. Did he trade for Deshaun Watson? I mean, why not? You have you have literally nothing else going for you, and I mean literally nothing else going for you. Why not? Just just take the take the hell Mary. It's football. That analogy works here. You see, if there was, if this was last year after that eleven five, um, season, and of course you had the third overall. Was it the overall, overall pick that you could? It was some really high pick that you could use to trade for him. And, of course, the whole off-the-field situation going on with Deshaun Watson. Then this is probably the easiest. Sure, let's go trade for Deshaun Watson. But right now, you have the legal situation. You have 
a team that's one in one in seven, one in six. You know, let's find specifically where because what because for some reason one in bi- six. because I keep on thinking that buys are later than usual. But yeah, the one in six, and things are not looking great for the Dolphins. So no, they probably shouldn't trade for Sean Watson at this point, just because of the legal reasons. But there's something to be said for why they're looking into that and what they think about Tua right now. So, yeah. Yeah, I want to I wanna also bounce back with this comment. If we're talking from a purely football standpoint, then I say why not trade for him. If we're going to, you know, take everything into account, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. And uh, I just want to clarify this so our listeners know as well. I don't think you should trade for Deshaun Watson. From a football perspective, though, they've got nothing going on, so why not? And you know what? That's fair um, to clarify that because that's that's a whole deal with sports right now. You have this uber-talented player, and this is this happening in all sports. And this is a conversation that really should be had for another show when we're not in the middle of picks. But we have this uber-talented player. We have seen it with Watson. We have seen it with countless other players. Aroldis Chapman. Peterson. Um, Yasiel Puig. I'm, I'm thinking baseball right now. Oh, Sorry. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, you have Peterson. You have Puig. You have Rice. Ray Rice. You have all these uber-talented players. You have them getting to very, very serious legal allegations. And then there's people that, that want to, like, throw him out of the league. I personally believe in second chances. If you don't believe in second chances for situations like that, that's fine. Um, those are differing opinions. But when when we have these conversations about, okay, the Dolphins are one in six. They're, they're, they're looking like they're going downhill. They clearly don't believe in Tua. Do they trade for Deshaun Watson, even with all these legal issues? Of course, only football-wise, you trade for him. But when you add the legal situation, when you add um, the press that would come with uh, trading for a guy like that, because after the Cubs traded for a Rhodes Chapman, the the Cubs hated the move. And, of course, they were kind of validated when he almost blew game seven for them. But anyway, so when you have that situation, that just makes things so much murkier. And at this point, yeah, they, they really just shouldn't trade for Deshaun Watson. I mean, not to not to bring it back to basketball for one quick second, but I think it's I keep seeing this idea of a if a Kyrie for Ben Simmons trade, a blockbuster trade, seems like oh well, both teams are looking to offload them. Well, Philly has come out and said numerous, numerous times, hey, look, we've had problems with controversial players in the past. We just don't want the we we don't want the heat that Kyrie brings, and I think part of, I think that's. That's fair as a franchise. That's fair to not want that associated with your team. For better or for worse reasons, whatever reasons it may be, a franchise does have that decision to distance themselves from a player if they so choose. But, you know, when you... When you get into stuff like that, then you just start talking about what they did to Colin Kaepernick. And then... The whole situation is murky. We're talking about NFL picks. Uh, this yeah, is a, this know, is a conversation we should have um, that, that, that we should situate for another time. For now, we have to talk about the Bengals and the Jets. Let's just make this quick. Do we have to talk about that? <laughs> uh, let's just make this quick. Um, I have the Bengals. Jacob, who do you got? Bengals. Yep. Uh, Cincinnati, very surprising team. And, of course, very surprising equals uh, a win against the Jets. Although... If you remember, the Jets were that really surprising team in the second half of 2019. They went to Cincinnati and lost to the then winless Bengals. Again, any given Sunday, this given Sunday, I would fully expect the Bengals to win it. Now let's get into uh, one of my favorite um, games every single year. Aside from, you know... uh, one of these teams and the Ravens. Uh, and that is the Steelers and the Browns. Um, 
So I have the Browns. Uh, I think that Cleveland showed something going into Denver and winning that game with nothing. Basically nothing. Case Keenum at their starting quarterback. So I think... Do we have an update on Baker right now? Well, let's Google it. Well, like it said, I, I just feel like this is the Brown season. This is one of those seasons where these are the games that they're going to win. And I think it starts right here. Um, at home against a hated division rival. Rival. So, Jacob, while you're putting that up, who do you got? So, just... just- quickly it, it says I've, I'm getting the most vague descriptions uh, I s- basically think what are the word I'm looking for basically just articles saying there's a definite possibility which means nothing that means there's yes there is definitely a possibility that he'll play but what is that possibility <laughs> that being said I I think that the Browns will win but I'm still going to take the Steelers because I'm loyal to the soil. Yep. And I really... You could probably hear the pain in my voice. You could probably hear it. <laughs> we talked about it in the previous segment just before we went off. Uh, if Mike Tomlin took that college job, you would, probably wouldn't care. Mm, I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> plead the fifth on college radio. Um, anyway. Uh, we move on to the... Eagles versus the Lions. I'm going to start with Jacob. What do you got? I am taking the Detroit Lions. First of all, their previous week game, way too close. Way too way too much action in the beginning, especially. That was the fact that the Lions were able to lead for any part of a game. Ridiculous. Second part of this reason is, Garrett, if you're watching this show... Just know that I'm choosing the Lions over the Eagles just because of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, here's the thing. The Rams seem like that one team that loses games that they are definitely not supposed to lose. They did it against the Jets, and they almost did it against the Lions. I I, I fully believe the Lions are definitely not going 0-17. I don't think they're going... 1-16. 1-16. I think they have at least two wins in them at some point in the season. This is not one of them. I I have the Eagles. I've, I, I'm not even going to try and say I've been so impressed with the Eagles because I've not. But I think I've been more impressed with what the Eagles have done than the Lions. Even with the Lions keeping uh, each game close. I just feel like this is the one where the Eagles edge out the Lions uh, <clears throat> in Detroit. But if the Lions win, congrats. There's your win. Uh there's your first win of the two that I'm predicting for you at this point. Um, so I just talked about how the Rams find ways to lose games that ha- they have no business losing. So we have to talk about the Rams. Rams and the Houston Texans, which, by the way, I, for some reason, put as TX on our spreadsheet before I edited it. I had the Texas Rangers on mine or maybe just Texans. Uh that's not important. Uh, I have the Rams. Jacob, who do you have? We're taking the Rams. Yeah, there, there's no way they're. Although, there's no way they shouldn't lose this game. Let me say that. Houston, <clears throat> they they were bringing the heat against the Cardinals, and then Kyler Murray quickly diminished that flame. <laughs> um, that, that game I did get to watch live, and I got to watch some of my friends just cry at their fantasy. One of them. Might have been Garrett, actually. So, Gary, here's another. You're getting two shout outs on one show. Congratulations. Um, because he had Kyler Murray, and, it, you know, it. they got two touchdowns real quick, and then it just didn't stop from there. That being said, the Rams are still clearly going to win. Braves are up 2 nothing in game one of the World Series right now. Just a quick update, even though this is going out tomorrow. But, yeah. Say the Braves. Hmm? Say the Braves. Yes. I'm pretty sure that's who I chose to win. Uh, we'll get into that. Underdog story, boys. <laughs> we'll get into that um, a little bit later. Right now we have two minutes. So Fantastic. let's sprint through some of these easy. I'd say that as there's one that we have different picks on. 
New England Chargers. Jacob, what do you got? Chargers. Sorry, there I saw there's Bears 49ers above that. Oh yeah, uh, we'll we'll get back into that. Okay, okay. Uh, We're taking Chargers. Okay, I have to charge you. Jacksonville, Seattle. I guess we'll take Seahawks. You know what? Why not? I'm going with Jack Jags because why not? Uh, Gina Smith did not impress um, on mon- Monday, so Jags. Why not? Yeah. Um. Uh, you know what? I'm pretty sure both of us are not talking about these two teams a lot. So back to the early afternoon. 49ers Bears. Who you got? I will take the Chicago Bears. I am taking the San Francisco 49ers because why not? Yeah, why not? That's why I took the Bears. And finally, uh, the Washington football team at the Denver Broncos. Broncos. Is there any debate? Yeah, same. Uh, the, even if they've lost in row, uh, four in row, I think. Either way, they lost a bunch in a row. I think this is this is the week they rebound. Yes. Anyway, we'll be right back with the sports corner. Except play, do not do not go anywhere. You're listening to WFMP 88.7 FM, The Edge. You're listening to the Sports Corner podcast. Listen to the show live on Tuesdays at 7:30 p.m. or on Wednesdays at 11 a.m. This is WFMP 88.7 FM, The Edge. Welcome back to the Sports Corner Extended Play. I am Payne Nelson, joined by Jacob Sampson. Uh, by the way, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, now you got it. Okay. It's a pretty, I feel it's a pretty straightforward name. I, I just got to make sure sometimes because okay. I can mispronounce the weird, the easiest names of all time. Hey, appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. But you've been shooting 100% since day one. Gorgeous. Love it. Um, so we left off with our NFL picks, and we're going to move on to Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Now, New Orleans and Seattle played one of the most quote-unquote boring football games all the time. This is sort of different from the boring Super Bowl 53. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Jacob, who do you got? I am going to take the Buccaneers. No explanation. Nothing. Oh, okay. I was. I was. I wasn't sure if you were going to fire I mean, I mean you, don't, you don't. You don't. You no, don't have no. to. I will. I will. I'll, the Saints have honestly low key disappointed me a bit. I thought they were going to be a bit better than they are. Not to say that they're bad by any means, but they've just looked less cohesive than I expected them to be, or what they showed towards the beginning of the season. The Bucks, on the other hand, I mean, does anyone have any doubt that they're not contenders? Not really. No. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm pretty sure that's the general consensus. Um. Yeah. I'm also going with the Buccaneers. Um. I think the Saints will eventually rebound to the great team that they usually are. By the way, thank you to the Saints defense for locking up DK Metcalf. You love to see it. But, yeah, I think this is a, the game that the Buccaneers win. Um, So we move on to primetime where, God, I'm so, something's just, I'm just that tired. Cowboys, Vikings. Uh, I honestly forgot the Vikings were playing football. Uh, they had a bye week last week, and I don't remember them playing football in week six. So, I have the Cowboys. Jacob, who do you have? Yeah, I mean, it's the Cowboys. I don't... Once again, I'm going to have to refer back to kind of my previous explanation. I don't know if anyone really thinks that the Cowboys aren't one of the highest tier teams in the league right now. And I'm pretty sure it's general consensus that the Vikings are not. The Vikings just are not great. They had a few victories. I mean, I think they're. I just checked. They were three and three. So you know, nothing, nothing super fantastic, nothing super bad. 
but you're playing against a great team. So you know what? At the end of the day, great beats all right. All right, that that is fully fair. And now we move on to Monday Night Football. The New York Giants versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. That this is not the week the Chiefs rebound. I think the Giants, even short staff, can go out there and win this game. Why? Because of good radio. <laughs> That's why. But Jacob, who do you have? Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs because... I mean, yeah, I know the Chiefs disappointed, but we're talking about the Giants right now. I know that I'm from New York, but I'm sorry, people. It's the Giants. Hopefully, hopefully they'll get a bit better. Hopefully we'll see a rise, I guess. But uh, I just don't... I mean, we, we put our money on the Chiefs almost every week because they should be one of the top teams. But if, if they lose to the Giants, that's really going to set a precedent or for the rest of the season. You know what? That is fair. I but like I like chaos. I really like chaos. That's all. So those are our, our NFL peak, pick, NFL picks for week eight. We're in week eight. I don't know how we got to week eight, but we're in week eight. World Series. Let's talk about it. So the Braves are currently up 2 nothing against the Houston Astros, which is probably the biggest shock <laughs> um, so far because the Houston Astros are just Dynasty team, the Braves, um, are this uh, Cinderella team. But then again, the Washington Nationals were a Cinderella team a couple years ago. Um, so, yeah. Let's not waste much time. Um, let's just talk about predictions. I would love the Braves to win the series, but... I, I just think the talent on DC Nationals is just too much at this point. Um, I think this is the Astros series to win. They will win in five games. And I think the MVP will be Jose Altuve. That is my official prediction. And by the way, this is baseball. So 2 nothing lead in the top of the second means basically nothing at this point in time. So Jacob, for the radio... Knowing what you know about baseball, what is your prediction? So we're going to get unnervingly passionate in the next few moments for no reason whatsoever because it's good radio. (laughs) So here's the thing. The most disgusting thing to happen in the sport of baseball in all of my life has been the 2017 World Series. The fact that the Houston Astros made a mockery of this sport, ridiculous. I'm still not over it. If they ever win another World Series, I swear to a number of things I can't say on radio that I will riot in the streets of Houston by myself. The Astros have have demolished and demoralized the beauty and sanctity of baseball, and they deserve to get swept on the highest uh, stage of them all. I hope they don't get swept, though. I hope it goes a seven-game series, and I hope it's a Cinderella-esque moment. I hope, you know what, actually, no, I hope the bases are loaded. They're, it's tied, and I hope that the Braves win because a Houston Astros pitcher accidentally nails a player. <laughs> Astros lose. <laughs> That whole speech just pulled another one, by the way. Three nothing. <laughs> um, you know what? And that passion is there with a lot of fans of other baseball teams. Uh, they don't like what the Houston Astros did. Uh, and they still don't think that the Astros got proper punishment for it. That is completely fair. That said, we are two years removed. We are assuming they aren't cheating anymore. Hopefully they're not. Otherwise, that would be quite stupid. And I'm not a guy that's like, well, if you're not cheating, you ain't trying. Uh, shut up. Uh, but, like, I, I, I'm i just at a point where I don't really care about it anymore. And maybe that's just a baseball pierce in me. But I don't really care. Now, if they win this World Series and it comes out that they're cheating again, then number one, how do you get caught twice? Number two. Uh, yeah, what, what, what are we doing here? 
just <sighs> go dusty. That that's literally the only reason why I'm rooting for the Astros at this point. Let me just be honest. Uh, well, not rooting for the Astros, but wouldn't be upset if the Astros won. Um, yeah. So we're running out of time, but we did promise that we would talk about this for a little bit. So, uh, Kyrie Irving, the whole situation. Uh, I didn't really look much into it. All I know is that a whole bunch of not net fans, uh, barricaded Parkland Center, tried to break into the building, fighting for Kyrie's rights. Um, we we could talk a lot about um, vaccine stance and stuff like that, but um, I really don't want to because um, it is some of our beliefs that we all should be vaccinated is something that is a personal choice. That's whatever. And if we had callers on the station, it would lead to a mess. But this is something completely different for Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is now apparently the face of the anti-vax movement and that is not going to be a fun time as a Nets fan and as a basketball fan Jacob what are your thoughts yeah I mean just I'll pull up this video so I'm not sure if you if you saw it uh I, I don't think we need to get into a COVID conversation, vaccine conversation. What I do think we need to do is discuss Kyrie's status with the Nets. Because I think this might go back to even what I said with the with the Philly thing. And uh, what is this press? What What are the Nets to do? You had a slew of people storm your arena because of a single player and this single player is just bringing nothing but bad press bad media fines i mean it's it is a mess of a situation it's personal feelings aside about this whole situation it just hurts the game of basketball more people are looking at basketball but with negative eyes on it and, like, this is what a lot of people's exposure to the opening of the NBA season was. Was the Nets arena getting stormed. And I don't know. I just... Hurts to see as a, as a basketball fan. And at the end of the day, I really just think this is further confirming that Kyrie will, is not going to be a Brooklyn Net at, at least by the end of the season. You know what? Everything you said was fair. Um, this was just not a good look because, um, there's a lot of people that thought it was Nets fans. No, it's purely anti-vax people. And, um, like you said, it's just not a good look for the sport when on a Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m., this is the view of the premium, the Second premier team in the league right now in the Brooklyn Nets. It's just not a great look. And our, this is the problem. Kyrie is just so. Such a person that doesn't want to speak until it's too late. That is just. We really. Like, I get it. Whatever the media twists his world's up. And that's fine, but at some point, you just got to be open with this. Because if you're not open with this, that's... that. However you think your words are being misinterpreted now, they're going to be misinterpreted if you don't speak. That's the issue. Because right now, the world thinks that you are purely anti-vax when it is very possible, and this is what he said in his Instagram Live, that he is more doing this because... Uh, people are losing their jobs because of it. That's what he's standing for. I don't agree with it. I'm not sure what Jake thinks. But that's his belief. It's whatever. But when you don't speak on these issues, you're going to have people, these lunatics, thinking you are purely anti-vax. And whether that is the people that are for vaccination for everyone, that wants to call you names and stuff like that, or the people that 
are anti-vax and want to do what they did at the Barclays Center. It's just not great for the game of basketball. It's not great for him. It's not great for anyone. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I can't agree more with your statements, with, with the whole outlook. And I think at the end of the day, Kyrie thinks that he's doing the responsible thing by being stoic or or whatever he wants to call it by not speaking. But at the end of the day, his silence and his inactivity is saying a lot more and has having a lot more of an impact than anything he could say. You know what? You said it better than any way I could have. Um, and on that note, that is it. Thank you for listening to Sports Corner. If you're listening on WFMP.org, up next, on repeat with Megan. For Peyton Ellison, I'm Jacob Sampson, and we will see you next week, because you're listening to WFMP, The Edge.